Hey everyone, welcome to the very first Key in the Lake podcast. Uh, I am Jake Cookie. I'm joined with my good friend Wilson Torres, and we are going to talk about all things whiskey on this podcast, kind of relating back to who we are, how we got into the industry, um, friends of ours, we're going to have conversations with them as well, all throughout, mostly talk about kind of what went on throughout the week uh, in the whiskey world, and how it relates back to us and the story that whiskey tells through um, the whole timeline of America and the important notes that we want to kind of always talk about when it comes to everything whiskey. So that could include bourbon, scotch, Irish, uh, whatever um, kind of comes to mind uh, on that podcast. But but most of all, we're just kind of sticking around the basis of uh, how does whiskey affect our lives and play into it? And hopefully it affects yours too in a very positive way. Um, So the first time, uh, first podcast we're doing right now, um, Wilson and I are just going to talk about kind of how we met, uh, how we got into the whiskey industry, and where we're going on uh, for right now. So the floor is yours, Mr. Torres. <laughs> Afternoon, my friend. Cheers to you today. Cheers. We are, we will be drinking on each podcast. Not a lot, just a little bit here and there. Just a little sip. You know, sipping and sipping and a little, you know, sneaking. Definitely. And so what we're sipping on today is uh, Booker's, the Kentucky Chew. Uh, it's a six-year-old um, um, blend of bourbons all throughout. And uh, yeah, very tasty, um, kind of near and dear to both of our hearts in, this, in, this, in a simple way. Very simple not way. not so simple way. Um, yeah. Too, but uh, why did you choose this one to sit on for the first one? Wilson? Well, I think it, it's, you know, plain and simply is just to pay tribute to um, our friendship. Um, when we worked together, first started working together about three years ago at Koval, um, I think we kind of generated a, an instant friendship in a sense where we kind of understood each other. Mm-hmm. And um, you... I immediately saw that you had this tremendous wealth of knowledge in regards to whiskey, and you were kind enough to share your... your <laughs> well, that helps, too. Um, you talked about your granddad and um, Bernie and, um, and, uh, and his time at the Jim Beam uh, factories and in distilleries, I should say. Uh, so I thought it would be the perfect... Uh, bourbon to start off our you know our podcast with um not every week of course we'll try different things but i thought just to um again to pay homage and to pay respects to those before us our current friendship and where it takes us into the future and um share that share these sips together yeah wilson speaking on uh my grandpa was an engineer at jim beam um for a number of years uh it kind of started um right after i was born pretty much and so i was fortunate enough to kind of visit him there on occasion uh, when i go down to kentucky um, and see him uh, and my other, my grandma, of course, as well. But I was kind of always more intrigued with my grandpa's life. Uh, it just seemed a little bit more rugged. Uh, always had some interesting stories. Um, I was just fascinated by kind of all the Jim Beam memorabilia, kind of all throughout the house too. Um, and kind of always stayed a part of my life. And uh, my grandpa is one of the biggest influences of why I entered this industry. Um, a few years back, I uh, definitely kind of wanted to pay homage to him. And when it, con- when it comes to sipping uh, whiskey and mm-hmm. sipping with good friends, I think one thing that we share most prominently um, with each other um, is that it's all about the experience. Correct. Uh, when it comes to whiskey, whiskey should bring folks together. Whiskey should create community. Um, and a good bottle should be shared with the ones you, know, the ones that you love, the ones that are closest to you. Absolutely. And uh, my proudest moments probably of having 
a glass of whiskey was with the former distiller we used to work with. And yeah. my grandpa was kind of an old school Kentuckian that really believes that, uh, you know, um, even though he's not a Kentuckian, but um, <laughs> just lived there for 40 years. Um, but he, uh, he believes that most uh, bourbon, bourbon, if you will, uh, should be made down in, in the bluegrass state. Um, so when he had a little bit of bourbon from uh, Cobalt Distillery, where Wilson and I both worked at, and he's like, oh, this is pretty good, even though it's made in Chicago. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, he enjoyed it, and uh, he uh, we had a nice little uh, two hundred milliliter bottle um, over the holidays a couple of years back. So that was pretty cool um, yeah. to have and uh, have that experience together. And he's the one. Him and I share one of our favorite bourbons of all time is Jim Beam Black. Um, and so I always have a bottle of that at home. And if you ever go into a party and looking for a nice little gift to bring over and a very simple relaxed bourbon to yeah. drink on um, make cocktails with uh, it's a nice uh, bottle for that 21 22 price range so yeah couldn't recommend that but um yeah it's kind of where where our story came together a few years ago is yeah. it was at Koval um working together um doing a number of things but what we always tried to create was that the experience was the most important part of the sip and for all of our customers um, for anybody coming on tours coming to events the events Mm -hmm. that we attended as well was all about how um, what this what this whiskey can bring um, to the place that you're at with it and the people you're sharing that moment correct Um, last night we uh, we both moved on from that distillery um, so it's kind of what just let you guys know what we're doing uh, currently in our lives um, but yeah uh, we were at an event last night for Chicago Magazine um, Barrel Night so kind of in that event focus and uh, yeah. Wilson was pouring for the current distiller he works at and uh, of course talking with people yeah talking with many people yeah it's um, it's Chicago Magazine puts on this was this was their I want to say fourth annual um, Barrel Night, um, geared towards any and all brands uh, that are represented here in the uh, city of Chicago. It, so there were about, how many would you say, about maybe 15, 20 brands in, yeah, in, in the house? Yeah. As And to piggyback off what Jake mentioned, I was representing uh, Union Horse Distilling Company, which is who I currently represent throughout the Chicagoland area and the state of Illinois. Um, small little nine-year-old distillery down out of uh, Lenexa, Kansas, just 15 minutes west of Kansas City. So we consider Kansas City our metro home. Um, but aside from that, it was just, you know, again, picking back off of what Jake said, it's their great story. Whiskey in itself is a great story. Experiencing whiskey is the basis to many stories, I'm sure. Or you can tell stories about whiskey that or how it its effects or how much you look forward to a whiskey. Um, And people always ask, you know, well, why do you do this if you like it so much? Or, you know, it's just like, because that's exactly what I love about it. Mm. At the end of the day, it's just whiskey. But from the beginning of my day, throughout my day, and at the end of my day, when I do sit down with my sip of of corn, as Kentuckians would say, um, it's exactly that, that meat in between the people, the conversations, uh, even the no's that I get here and there. Not often, so I'll, I'll toot my horn on that. He's a pretty good salesman. He'll soon, he'll soon, he'll soon know that he can sell so. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the in-between meat. It's, it's, it's what makes this industry so enjoyable. And it's probably the only experience that attacks all five senses. Mm. Very important. Go to that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just all five, all five especially senses. Especially what we're doing right especially now. Especially what we're doing right we're now. We're right now. Yeah. Um, if, it, if you didn't know, um, Booker was kind of, Booker, no, um, who's uh, 
his former lead at Jim Beam, um, and, and now his uh, his son and his grandson kind of run the company. Um, yeah. Booker passed away actually the same year that my great grandfather my grandfather retired um, from Jim Beam, and so yeah. we actually have a bottle of Booker at home that's autographed to my grandpa Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was you know just a few months before he had ended up passing away, and uh, so that's kind of what's important to us. But also with Booker, going back to him, yeah. he was notorious about chewing through a palate, and that's why this one's called Kentucky Chew, because he would literally chew through the whiskey to get mm-hmm. all the aroma, get all the flavor, um, to really taste it all to see what the drink um, the complexity was all about for like a lot of um, novice drinkers or people just you know maybe don't enjoy whiskey as much they're afraid of all those flavors sometimes because it's overwhelming and they don't know how um, to enjoy it but it's and some whiskey can be very hot hot meaning uh, higher proof than alcohol um, but this one's 126 proof, and we were just talking about how light it is yeah. and how flavorful and zesty. Yes. Um, very, very oaky as well. But, um, yeah, go back to what you were talking about with using all five senses. Booker was notorious for doing that when he went on his little road show in the early 90s. Um, he didn't, His approach to sampling out whiskey was to pour it. Let the person you know, tell them, demonstrate it about how to how to sniff it, how to mouth how the mouth open, how to sit it, set it on your lips, set it mm-hmm. um, on the top of your gums with your mouth too. But he never told them what they were tasting, what they're going to taste. He let them experience it for themselves. Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things that I've come across. Even last night, um, in using it as an example, well, what am I going to taste? Well, whatever your tongue tells you, you know, it's just... And maybe a little rum, and a little Yeah, scotch, maybe and maybe, beers, hey, and maybe water. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I have had... I mean, it gets to a point where after, you know, it's a three and a half, maybe a three-hour event, and by, you know, the first hour and a half to two hour, entering the second hour, people are pretty much... Their palate is just shot. Um, industry standard is, is, you know, if you're part of it, you know that after your third or fourth sip of, you know, of whiskey or... Or taste, I should say, in this in, uh, in in that environment, you're pretty much done for the night. You know, unless you take a good 15 to 20 minutes to reset your palate with water, crackers, or something just to reset your palate so it doesn't get overwhelmed. <clears throat> so it's 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 one of the things people are like. Well, what am I supposed to taste? And I'm like, yeah, you know, well, you tell me. Yeah, you know, exactly. take a sip. You know, take a you know, smell it a little bit. You know, but that's but that's the that there's joy in that too, because. Normally, an event of that nature is geared towards three different types of people. The first is the actual whiskey fan. The second is the novice whiskey drinker. And then the third is my date. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Some people can have some experience yeah, dates, though. Exactly. Network, some so, experience you know. dates are great. Some yeah. birthday gifts. Hey, my yeah, girlfriend yeah. bought me this for my birthday, or this was my Christmas gift, or whatever may be the case, you Absolutely. know. You know, it's it's but it's still a joy because every experience is different. And it just that's that's all I can I can go back to is just the experience that you share with them, the experience teaching them how to enjoy the experience or walking them through I should say because I don't know everything I've always relied on you Jake to to, I don't don't know much no you don't know much but you know what's better (laughs) 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 you know but it's there's so much more and that's you know and I think again that's you know, in, in regards to this podcast, again, it's just like that's what's going to be really cool about this uh, mm-hmm. journey together is that, um, yeah, I'm on the front lines, but you have such a wealth of knowledge and what you've shared with me and taught me and then what the industry as well has taught me mm-hmm. and us, I feel, is that there's just so much more before that. Definitely. And at each tiny little drop, 
you know, goes into a bottle that, you know, ultimately is going to be popped open at an event, at home, at a bar, in a restaurant, and it's going to be shared. You may not know who you're sharing that bottle with in any of those circumstances or situations or environments, but you all will have some sort of experience with that. 100%. And I think what we have, um, what we really want to try to relay to people and paint the picture of what the guests will have is that we had the privilege of literally working in a distillery. Um, our Correct. seats to our office yeah. were literally 20 feet away from where everything for our old company was being produced. Yeah. And what came of that was awesome friendships with the distillers. Oh, absolutely. Um, that we still maintain this day, and they'll be on the show um, yeah. telling their stories. So when you literally see the people that are supporting their families off of by what they're making out back in the distillery, yeah. and then you taste it, it's almost like you do, in a way, taste the sweat that they were working with and the grind yeah. that they went through when they got up at 5 o'clock in the morning to yeah. be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, and then the lead distiller is never off, off of work, really. Yeah. Um, everything is automated these days, so you can check through app devices kind of what's going on with your stills. So if there's anything yeah. going on, like our former lead distiller at Cobol, Mike, he would be there, you know, on a Saturday morning when he had the day off just to check on things and make yeah. sure things were going good because he treated that distillery and every single product and every single barrel that came out of it mm-hmm. um, down to, like, almost every single drop that went into the barrel yeah. as almost like a child because they care about it enough, and that's where you see that, like, if you will, the blood, sweat, and tears of the industry. Correct. And you really become, it's almost like a poetic sense of appreciating it, mm-hmm. where you know like, where that's coming from every single time. And that's correct. And you want to honor the people that made it by drinking it well, drinking it with friends, drinking it with family, yeah. uh, sharing a bottle with people. I think with you and I, like one of our favorite things to do is we go to, we go to a party, go to a friend's house, we never come empty-handed. We go never. We bring a bottle to share. And it might not, not well, most times not in the bottle that we're working for. No. It's maybe just something that we <laughs> enjoy, you know? Or we know, like, hey, we're going to make these certain cocktails tonight, and yeah. this whiskey, this bourbon. Yeah. To be honest, Wilson and I rely on, we lend our hands to bourbon a lot more than anything else when we, when we This drink. is true. Um, but uh, do have a lot of other variations that we enjoy um, we when it comes into the whiskey world. And, we, and I don't think we say no to a drink too often either. But um, it's just always about um, how can you inform people a little bit more on taste, on yeah. the, oh, so many labels that are out there as well. There is. There is. There are so many labels out. And I guess and everyone would experience that. I mean, you go to your, if you go to your corner store, liquors, you know, corner liquor store, you know, wherever hood you live here in Chicago, I mean, you're going to have one within a mile radius to you. And you'll go in there. They may not have the widest selection. So you go to the next one and then the next one. And, of course, we all go to Benny's because that's, you know, if it ain't if it ain't at Benny's, then it ain't worth, work, you know, <laughs> drinking, as I say. I wonder if we can get a sponsorship Benny's is on a that. Benny's a very popular <laughs> store chain here in Chicago you know, that really does have the best selection, various selections. Various selections, um, correct. Yeah, yeah, when it comes to finding, if you want to find something in profit, their motto is true. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that, yeah. But, you know, there's just, you know, just to go back to the to the point is, yeah, there's just so much. How do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've advised people to do and what I've learned to do through you as well is to have it in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. You know, go to your, you know, local, you know, you probably won't go to your local watering hole where you get a PB&J for five bucks on Tuesday nights because they probably don't. You know, yeah, I mean, on, on a Tuesday, why not, you know? <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, try it in a cocktail. Um, and then, you know, because, you know, there are some places that list what specific whiskey and or bourbon. And don't be afraid to ask if it's not on there. 
Yeah, and if it's not added, it's like, hey, what bourbon do you use? What whiskey do you use? Yeah. Um, because if you chances are if you like it in the cocktail, you're gonna like it neat on the rock sure. with a cup with a couple drops of water, yeah. or again in that cocktail or in another cocktail. Um, that's how I've learned my palate, um, and that's how I recommend people to do. Now, what also people feel that I've also told is like, oh, that could be expensive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially if you go to any liquor store, you're going to pay anywhere between 30 to $80 for a bottle of bourbon and or whiskey. Um, so what I always tell them is like, you know, go on YouTube. There are some great reviewers yeah. on YouTube that really share in front of you via YouTube what they're tasting, what they're smelling, what nosing the appropriate, you know, term to use in that case. But, you know, I personally don't have a bottle on my own personal bar that is over $30. Mm. And... That you didn't get for free. That I didn't get for free. <laughs> <laughs> there's perks in the industry there's as perks, well. Yes, there's trades right. and there's, there's, there's awesome perks in it. Yeah. But, you know, me, myself, it's like, why? Because I know what I like. And I have found it in that price range. And it's normally sitting right next to what I represent at Benny's on that bottom shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a matter of what do you want to experience? Because not, not every single bourbon is different. Not, uh, every single bourbon is different, sorry. Yeah. And every single whiskey is different. That's why there's so many of us. That's why there's so many great, unique takes on developing, producing, and sharing these whiskeys and bourbons because there's different takes on it you know of course you know there's standards that are set that you follow you know to be considered a particular spirit or category you know but I have found that the more simplistic bourbon mash bills or just Mm -hmm. bourbons and whiskeys in general are by far the best personally for my palate you know and what do I have them in neat or in a classic cocktail I don't do the 17 ingredient 30 minute cocktail preparation you know thing but I have had those cocktails and are they wonderful absolutely absolutely Absolutely. but again you're paying more for an experience yes because you actually see these craftsmen and women making these wonderful live you know, Let just soul jobs. touching libations, and you just be quiet. Yeah. You just, just look. Just watch. And you just watch. And if next you thing you know, it, that yeah, way, you probably don't. You probably don't. you'll spend three fifty at Binnie's or Andor somewhere else, yeah. and you'll yeah. be pissed off because you're like, I just fucked up. But there are so, so many great, <laughs> amazing cocktails you can make there for yourself at home for like very much just so. very affordable price, and you know, just always to have some yeah. on your shelf. Always to have you know a bourbon to go to. Always have some yeah. water, some seltzer water or something like Correct. that. Correct. Um, I mean, there's various other tonics that we. Basic things um, that we like yeah. and we enjoy um, companies over others, but like don't be afraid to go spend that yeah. you know six dollars, seven dollars, seven dollars on a four pack of good ginger beer because it's going to bring a much more better experience to your cocktail at home. There is, yeah, and you know that's a, a don't just you know have the control of not drinking the rest of the bottle and to save yeah. for cocktails. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of sugar, right? And that could be bad for you. And that's real bad for you. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it, it just goes with like, everything that we kind of uh, have been hitting on the last two minutes is about the experience in general. And um, like Wilson said, you can have such great bourbons and such great whiskeys for below $35, $30. Um, and just putting the bring out other elements to your bar and having that, it's, yeah. uh, it's great to have. And when you go out to a bar, there's a reason why that cocktail probably costs $15, $16. You know, some of our favorite cocktail mm-hmm. bars in the city. Um, we are in Chicago, by the way. I probably didn't really say that, but <laughs> we are based out of Chicago, um, the both of us. And we go to some of our favorite bars, and sometimes you get like a nice cocktail for twelve, thirteen dollars, and 
probably the one main reason we go back there is because they have heavy pours, so you're getting your money's worth there when it comes to it. But yeah. you're really going to taste the difference when it comes to the complexity and the elevations of the drink. True. Um, all the aromas that are hitting all your senses, really soon it comes to your nose and you're sipping yeah. it, and uh, maybe it's a, a garnish or something like that of mint or whatever it may be. Yeah. It really hits you and then it parallels great with the flavors going inside of your mouth, too. This is true. And that's what makes it a great cocktail. And, like, you know, we like to play around with cocktails at home. Mm-hmm. Um, for both of our jobs as well, and, he, and he, Wilson's come up with some really great cocktails in the past um, for uh, companies he's represented um, doing collaborations with. So, uh, but it's kind of we have the availability to play around with it because we have the whiskey Correct. at hand. Yeah, um, so we have it yeah, on When hand. you go to a cocktail bar, um, let them watch them, talk to them, blah, blah, blah. ask yeah. people, ask questions. Because you know what the bartenders love? They love talking about what they're doing. It's true. Um, for us as individuals, I think we'll safely say is that. When we're out representing a company or talking to somebody about whiskey, yeah. we love talking to somebody that's like, help me. Yes. Where do I start? What mm-hmm. is uh, what's the best bourbon to go to for this price range? Yeah. Um, where should I where should I begin with when it comes uh, to rise? Um, what should I get other than Jameson for an Irish whiskey? Yeah. Uh, it's like, which is fact, I, Jameson is like what I start my foundation of drinking. Essentially, I will be very honest with that. And Jameson Black Barrel right up there for me when it comes to Irish whiskey. Yeah. And uh, even proposed to my fiance with a bottle of Irish whiskey from Jameson. So, yeah, exactly. But well, that's a that's a long other story that we'll save for the podcast. Maybe she can come on and talk about it sometime. Um, well, she is in an industry. She's well. in the industry. Yeah. She. Uh, it kind of relates back to this put it out there all out there put all of our cards on the table she also does work for Jim Beam too so yeah. the Beam Distillery runs uh, strong in the Hookie family <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe someday I'll just have to go over there and say hello um, but uh, yeah so um, but yeah those, those products like I kind of game back to is that we want to talk to people about yeah. everything that we know um, we want to learn more too that's the biggest thing we that's know, the we biggest love, thing we, I, I think agree. I can say we, we both be, love being not wrong but just not knowing and, not knowing yeah, exactly um, I mean, I don't know if you've had any experiences recently with that, without visits or anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Absolutely. Um, not knowing what you're getting in, yourself into. And my, and as far as sales on my side, I do ride with with my distributor representatives. I do uh, cold calls on my own, and the cold call is a prime example of what not what you don't know what you're getting in yourself into or what you're walking into. You just know that you need to get out there. You need to get that brand out in front of people. You know, even if it's the smallest, you know, corner liquor store, you know, it's, it's, you never know. You never know how many people visit that corner liquor store in hopes of finding something really good instead of having to to venture out to something larger as far as, you know, uh, store, uh, store space. Um, I walk in one place actually last week and I'm thinking this place has to be a, a winner for me. And I walk in there and I, I waited my hour and a half uh, because there's obviously other, uh, there's breweries, yeah, there's other, that. yeah. How you do, uh, how a sale starts, you know? Like, a sale basically starts on doing research. You know, there are over 5,000 bars and restaurants in Chicago. I don't know how many liquor stores are. That's something that I should look into. But let's just say that there's 5,000 liquor stores. Plus in 225 it. breweries. <laughs> Plus 225 breweries. 20 or so distilleries within the Chicago within land the area. Chicagoland area yeah. or even throughout the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. So we are all competing for that last space on these shelves or menus or glasses, <laughs> yeah. for that matter. Yeah. You know. Yes, correct. So it's one of those things. It's like you got to do your research. You got to know who you align with and all that. So sometimes you just don't have time. You just got to go in and wing it. 
you happen to walk by somewhere, it's like, you know what, let's check this place out. I did that. The first time that I've done this, and was I met with a no? No. I was met met with just silence. There was just no one there for me to talk to, but they asked me to sit at the bar. It's like, you can sit at the bar, we'll get the the manager for you. I'm like, great. I literally sat there for an hour and a half, and that was my no for today. I don't know how to react to that because I didn't get the no. I didn't get a yes. I didn't get a come back. I didn't get a business card. It was just me in silence at a bar in a dark (laughs) restaurant bar, you know, for an hour and a half, you know, and I try not to disrespect space and time. So I try not to be like whip out the the lap, the laptop and everything do work while I wait. Um, So I. I literally just sat there <laughs> in twiddled the dark and twiddled my thumbs. It's like the you know, so yeah, it's just you, yeah. Like, you just sat there. I just yeah. sat there, you know. But you know that. But that's those are the risks. Not a risk. Those are the things you experience. Um, it's the it's the it's the the, the grunt work. You it it is. Yeah. It's it's the pounding of the payment. It's yeah. we we literally are the old school salesperson. Yeah. So Wilson is a brand rep for his yeah. company, and so what that means, he does a lot of sales and events um, when it comes to repre- representing his distillery because Correct. he is the single representation for his distillery out of Kansas in Chicago. Yeah. Um, uh, because that's what their company does. They're, a small, they're a small company. Yeah, we're they're a small, small distillery. Um, and we'll probably get into much more of their story because they have a yeah. very heritage story when it comes to both of us. We love to tell a story, obviously. Yeah, stories um, are great. So we'll get into that in a, probably in a future podcast. But um, it's it's tough. When it is tough. When you're a single person, yeah. you only rely on yourself, yeah. um, essentially, here in the market where other larger corporations, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to call them that, distilleries, uh, they will have full teams here based within the city Correct. Um, to compete. And yeah. even when you're competing with local distilleries, they might only have one or two reps, but they also have a lot more baggage probably with their distributor. Correct. They also have a lot more um, kind of encouragement or support from their home base as well at their offices. Um, yeah. There's just so you're I'm competing against and many like me are competing against that. Yes. So it's a small militia against a large <laughs> <laughs> army of sort, you Essentially, know. Essentially you were the uh, <laughs> Berm revolution in Philadelphia taking on 15,000 troops from the US Army. There a you small go. militia built That's in that's the history p- portion of the today's podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's tough because you know like I said, you know, you you go into either a liquor store, a bar, restaurant, a you know, a um, any anyone who carries liquor, period, and serves liquor, and you could be first of five people waiting to speak to the same individual that's going to give you the yes, the no, or come back. Yeah. You know, so you wait. And of the twelve hours that I normally work a day, three, almost four of those hours are spent waiting. So literally, I'm just waiting for a moment, and you literally have a moment. So then. Now you have to put in all these other skill sets that you naturally either have or you are taught to pick up. So it's body language. Uh, how fast did the, the guy ahead of you go? Did he get a yes or a no? Knowing who's ahead of you. Yeah. You know, if I know I have four breweries ahead of me, I'm good. I'm golden. I may have a shot with my brown liquor. You know, or if I have three other distillers in front of me, it's depending on what, who they are, what they make, and knowing that ahead of time. 
you know, or like I said, if you want to cut down on the weight, then I do my research. I look at the menu. I post up every once in a while just to get a feel for the place. Posting up, in other words, I'll go and hang out, have a cocktail, have a beer, have an appetizer of some sort, just to get a feel of what they do, how they do it, and the experience that they provide. Again, going back to the whole experience, because that's ultimately what we want. You know, we want to be part of an experience. So as mentioned, there's 5,000 bars and restaurants in the city of Chicago. So if I can be in 1,000 of them, that'd be great. You know, is it possible? Yeah. But it just takes a lot of work, you know. So it's just a matter of just really, you know, literally going door to door and to the right places, speaking to the right people, you know. And then, you know what, honestly, sometimes they may like your product, but if they don't like you, oh, you're done. You're out. That's why I'm on a sales rep. <laughs> it's sad. I always tell Jake that he should he should join me in the in the sales side of things because I honestly feel that you would do well. But I get it. No, you I know. do an impromptu sales call there one time go. back in the back in the day at the distillery, <laughs> and a, a lady made me cry. So I never went back. I was just you coming know. to see you know how things were going. I wasn't even trying to sell anything. Yeah, I was just like, hey, thanks for doing that. Left weeping in my scarf. <laughs> Nose are just no's, you know, and honestly, if you go in with a a D, and I share this with as many people that are close to me, always, I'm I'm just, just have a conversation. Yeah, that's so much of it. Yeah, I just just want to have a talk with you. Exactly, because it's not about, if you're trying to pitch somebody, they can see it right away. Mm -hmm. Um, The natural flow of a conversation, which is hard to do, because being a conversationalist is difficult, but uh, telling the story of a distillery, telling, you know, what makes this rye different from other ryes on your shelf? Yeah. What, what it can do, and when people really see the passion that you have for this industry, yeah. or for other sales reps that we're friends with as well, and they are successful, there's a reason why because yeah. they have a good story to tell. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a contrived story at all. It's just about their passion, dedicated to this industry, dedicated to whiskey, correct? And just really wanting to tell people that they're they're parts of the story. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes it comes down to story. You're absolutely right. I mean, I. Last night, again, to use that as an example, at Barrel Night, yeah. a guy literally came up to me. He's just like, what makes you different than everyone else in mm. this room? Mm. That's a good question. And I took Was about... talking about you or your distillery? Our distillery. Okay. <clears throat> me, of course, it's... I mean, we're all different, so, but that's not the question. So I took, a, I, I took a good 10 seconds, and I'm like, we took the biggest risk. Hmm. Um, so he kind of like looked at me he's like all right yeah you got me tell me your risk (laughs) I'm like so the the current distillery that I I represent now is Union Horse Distilling Company out of as mentioned Lenexa Kansas great story we'll get into that another day but just to give you an idea this is a nine-year-old distillery this year it'll turn nine years old this year Mm -hmm. they took the risk and sat on their own juice Mm -hmm. that they produced for five years so People, I'll, I'll speak about that because not so as well as I'm biased, but yes. um, what a lot of distilleries will do early on um, in their careers, they will source their whiskey. Um, there are source plants all across the country. Yeah. Um, there's a few main ones. Um, there's a big sellers. But basically, all of the all the juice. When we say juice, we mean whiskey. Comes out the still is produced almost entirely by about 15 distilleries. Uh, a majority of it. Whereas there's hundreds, thousands now of distilleries across the country when they're in their um, uh, basically beginning stages, what the distilleries will do is they'll have some of their products sourced so they can put something out there in the market. Now, 
this was probably seen as a negative thing um, a couple of, about five years ago or so. But now, as long as you're honest about it, people yeah. are just, okay with it. They appreciate yeah. it. And what just be transparent about exactly, it. Exactly. And what these distilleries do now is they, they might source it. They're not even making that first, those first batches for the first couple of years. Yeah. But they'll actually go down and taste and really find a barrel that they want to represent their company. So they'll do that, and then they can get their product out there in the market faster. And that they can make money, essentially, because bringing on, starting a distillery is a huge financial um, risk and Correct. endeavor. So what his company decided to do is, like, we are going to make everything 100% ourselves. Correct. So that means for um, the two years or three years? Five years. Five years. For five, years, five, for five years. years, they distilled product. They threw it into the barrel where all the magic happens to the flavor. That's where yeah. you get the complexities of your um, of your whiskey. And that's what makes that's what one thing that where the profiles would be really um, different from Correct. all of yeah. And they sat on that for five years not to make any money. So essentially their product's only been out in the market for four years. For four years. And they can say they're a nine year old distillery, but they've only been really selling their whiskey for, for four, four years. years. And they have them coming into Chicago, which is one of the best markets in the country when it comes to drinking. Because we just really enjoy drinking in this city and eating too. <laughs> and eating, um, gotta eat. Yeah, you can tell with me. Um, but uh, uh, Wilson makes fun of me because I think he's coming in or something. <laughs> I swear, I eat a lot. I'm the one who's like the double chinned, you know. Too, and he's yeah, that's your beard, dude. Oh, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, go back to uh, Union Horse. It's that takes a lot of risk, yeah. and we have another friend's distillery up in Wisconsin that did the same thing. Yeah. Um, that. But you taste the purity of the whiskey. I I, I believe uh, yeah. when it comes to that because I agree. Not because it's because they made it themselves and like this guy made it in a single yeah, batch. No. Blah, blah blah. It's because it's consistent. Correct. And they knew what they wanted to do. Mm. They took that approach and they they're capitalizing yeah. on it now. That it, it's all an intent. Yes. It's it everything that they intended to do, not to do, but to provide people yes. as far as the experience comes through yeah. not just in a story I think the story is the bonus mm. you know but the actual liquid to lip moment is intentional and that's the beauty of what we do that's the beauty of this small batch market that we're a part of yep. um, and but uh, but it also you know kind of it, but to go back to that gentleman when I when I told him yep. that he's just like so you're telling me, he says, that your stuff is five years old because you sat on it for five years. And I'm like, yeah, I took a risk. And I explained to him what Jake just took, um, just, just did for us. And he's just like, okay. And I told him, I was bold. I had a sip or two already. So I told him, I was like, you know what? I put money on this. I was like, you will be back twice more before this event's over. And you will bring up to five other people. <clears throat> and he looked at me, he's just, you know, he kind of gave me that look, you know, this, that, that Chicago stare you give someone who you think is just full of shit right now, you're just talking shit, and, you know, because you're on the other side of the table and whatnot, but I, I looked him dead in the eye, and I told him, you will be back twice more for more yourself, either to try the same thing you just enjoyed, or to experience two or three other of the expressions I was representing, or I was pouring, I should say. And sure enough, that gentleman came back within the hour and said, you're right, that particular sip was the best for me this evening, and I have my friend here to try that specific sip as well. No problem. That friend then told five other friends. Those friends literally hovered, and by the end of the night, forget about it. They took my card. They 
I, I mean, it's just, yeah. and it's not, I'm not saying it in a sense where I'm trying to be. Yeah, I'm not trying to brag about it. Yeah, but it's just, that's how much I believe in it. Yes, and this is how whiskey grows. Whiskey yeah, grows this by is word of mouth. Correct. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other uh, marketing factors and um, advertising factors that come into it. Yeah. But the story grows by the taste. And Correct. that's what distilleries have done for 400 years in this country. Yeah, it's Distil- just... Distilleries have relied on people coming back to them. Correct. And whiskey has been used for so many different things in this world, in this country, uh, and particularly when it comes to bartering for... Yeah. Like, what was your money on the Old West? Because, yeah. like, Kentucky, if you don't know, was the, enti- was the frontier, was the West. Was point. the West. And so these people that were out there and, you know, making uh, whiskey, that uh, sometimes whiskey was seen as a way of form of money. And, it's true. And we have seen whiskey uh, wars nearly start because of whiskey. Um, <laughs> the land has expanded because land. of whiskey. Uh, mm. So much has gone on through this country. Medicine has Medicine extended. Bills yeah. have been written about it. Uh, you know, even the profiteering and the crime that took place during Prohibition was all not just because of whiskey, but because of alcohol. Because of the and, alcohol. Yeah. And see those uh, those reflected through uh, decades later. Yeah. Um, all that that. Uh, during Prohibition I'm sure we'll probably have a deep dive in Prohibition because it's one of my personal favorite subjects because I think it's fascinating how it um, tore our personal liberties out of this country for a brief moment in time if you can call 13 years a brief moment and if you can say it really actually disappeared because uh, some say that maybe uh Numbers actually showed that people were drinking more during Prohibition. <laughs> I'm not sure how that happens. Who knows? Well, um, I know a lot of it was taking place here in Chicago, so. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, during, um, so. Maybe some of my Italian brethren. Like, <laughs> some still a lot on the West Side. But, uh, yeah, it's something that um, I think it's very important to know yeah. that people, that it's, it's how a product grows. And it's, it grows because it, it perseveres because of what it does. And basically what that what you're really looking for is consistency. Sure. And um, having a great flavors is yeah. something that every distillery goes for. And how you get those great flavors out of your whiskey starts with the mash bill. Um, mash bill is yeah. the ingredients you put into your whiskey. Um, it starts with the care it goes into when it's being mashed and then fermented and distilled. And then what the really takes place, and like I said earlier, the magic happens when it goes inside of that barrel. Yeah. It lives there for two, three, four, you know, 23 years, and we get to see yeah. what comes out on the other side of it. And when you get to taste that product at the very end, it's a very, very special moment. Um, it is very special. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I, one of the things I've, I've grown to appreciate, um, aside from that gold that comes out of those barrels after four or five years or however long each yeah. distillery goes, but it's the actual truest beginnings of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's historically speaking. I'm thinking more uh, nature, um, the soil yeah. that that corn was, you know, was grown in, out of, I should say. You know, the, the roots of that oak tree, mm-hmm. that oak tree has stories. That Definitely. oak tree has seen seasons upon seasons. And um, you what know, means by oak tree is that the barrel barrels come from yeah. oak trees and honestly a barrel that with all of its staves it's 29, 31, 32 staves 32 has, staves um, depending on the size of the barrel <clears throat> it could have four different trees yeah it could and every single yeah. tree every single stave that's part of that barrel has a different story correct and the story ends when well I mean it just begins actually it just begins the story there. just begins when correct. it comes out of that barrel exactly after it's been living there for a number of years and that's kind of what we're really, really trying to tell, uh, you know, with this, with this um, project is that whiskey has a great story, and it doesn't end when 
you have your sip. I don't yeah. think it really ever ends. I think it just begins because you can have that conversation with people and share with everybody. Yeah. So what we want to do with you guys here at Key in the Lake is really share the stories, the insights, of talking to people that are representatives for companies, distillers, bartenders, yeah. um, reps that are maybe a little bit related to the industry when it comes to tonics, um, when it comes to mixers. Correct. Uh, how did they fit into this whole whiskey world? Because yeah. it's a very fascinating world, and we're experiencing a wonderful boom right now. Um, started about 10 years ago or so, and it's only been elevated since then. Um, what we really want to do is to share all those insights with the public and do our best way of uh, conversing with people, having through conversations, having, yeah. if you will, in an interview, but most of it will be through conversation. More conversation. More free-flowing free yeah. um, on each and every podcast. But No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended at all. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to do here. Um, I think that's our time up for this first inaugural podcast. Uh, but Sorry, guys. No, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry at all because <laughs> it, it worked out all right, I think. Hopefully our... Uh, Better halves will not make fun of us too much for <laughs> no. recording the conversation that we have every Friday. We also want to thank Beguile Brewing. We are brewing. Yes. We are recording um, on the upstairs uh, venue of their uh, their brewery. They are releasing um, the new Imperial Pajamas this this uh, Friday afternoon. So this we'll afternoon. have a few sips of that probably. Three different variants. Three different variants. Honey but, uh, honey butter fried chicken is coming out oh, for dinner. So right. they'll have the yeah. truck out, outside. Yeah. And um, it's kind of what um, we'll be recording up here on Friday afternoons. Um, and like I said, we're going to have some more guests with us all throughout. Yeah. Um, but I want to say big ups to Beguile um, for big letting up. us record here. And on the upstairs in front of these barrels that are aging some beer, some old whiskey barrels that are aging some beer. So yeah. it creates a nice ambiance. And the train hasn't passed by Train hasn't. No, not even uh, once. Yeah, it's really so, Well, we are butted up against a metro station. That's true. So. so maybe we won't have any trains. But other than that, um, thanks, for everybody, for listening. Um, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. And we'll have uh, some more stories to share. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.